0: I'm April Stearns, the founder and editor of Wildfire Magazine and the host of this podcast. Today, we're going to hear a piece that is ripped from the pages of our first ever travel issue. This was an issue that I dreamed up one summer day when I longed for stories of adventure. I wanted to see gorgeous photos and hear just stories of people getting out and living life following a diagnosis. And so today's story is the first that we're sharing from this new issue. I don't want to tell you too much about it. We will just dive in. So my guest today is Vicki Pedigo. Vicki is a health coach and nurse practitioner. She was diagnosed at age 41 with invasive ductal carcinoma that was stage one hormone positive. Vicki tells me she is an extroverted introvert who understands the world through metaphor. She loves to read and harbor secret ambitions to be a flower farmer. She lives with her husband, two kids, and her dog, Ivy Noodles, in upstate New York. Welcome to the burn, Vicki. Oh, thank you for having me. My very first question for you, did I get your last name right? You did. You did a great job. Excellent. I love it. All right. Well, you are here to read a story that you wrote called Water Spirit. And as I said, this is in the brand new issue that's just out now. We're recording this in August. So those of you listening may have already gotten your hands on our travel issue. If not, definitely pick it up. Vicki, after you read, we will chat and all of you listening, stay tuned to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. All right. I'll let you take it away, Vicki. Thank you. The water spirit. I never thought my husband would be the one to coin our trip a spiritual retreat. He usually wants to play and frolic, eat and then eat some more. Not this time. This time we both knew that our souls were wounded. It had been eight months since my double mastectomy, about 10 since my biopsy came back positive for cancer. But truth be told, we had been in it, whatever version of it was in season, for five years. cancer doesn't really care what else you've been through. It doesn't give you a hall pass. Our souls were calling out for recognition of the need to slow down, to return to ourselves, to just be. What started as a delayed 15th anniversary trip became something so much more. The spiritual retreat was on. Don't get me wrong. This wasn't some organized fiasco with a man bun guru. This was Iceland without kids. Don't all parent souls need a kid-free trip after the dumpster fire that is cancer? We yearned to feel like ourselves, not a couple with two kids taking a skeleton ride down an Olympic track with no helmet and no training. That's how cancer felt, but just feel like us in whatever state we were in. Our role for the trip was to only do what we really wanted to do, no following guidebooks. Did it sound fun? Joyful? Peaceful? Did it spark curiosity or awe? Did it help us feel like ourselves again? Using that intention as the barometer, we set off. The adventuring that called to me was snorkeling in a lava field, fissure, between the American and Eurasian tectonic plates. I love the water. I always have. And let's be real, my nerdy earth science side was solidly geeking out. My husband, always a good sport, was in. So we bundled in a van with about 15 other tourists, took well over an hour to stuff our bodies into dry suits that certainly weren't made for people with hips, sealed up the neck and wrist connections in an attempt to keep the ever so slightly above freezing water out, and finally got in the water. It was clear and glorious. My lips turned numb and I lost track of time. I was just a body, floating, cold and immersed. A calm happiness spread through me as the slow current gently swept me along. The hard bubble of panic that so frequently resides in my chest quieted. The constant rattle of thoughts kindly stepped to the background as the water and I floated on. I felt connected and elemental. The water in the fissure is ice melt from the nearby Longo glacier. Those little water droplets take 30 to 100 years to travel from the glacier through the pores in the lava field to end up in the fissure. Imagine that. You've been a cozy little water molecule snuggled in the glacier for forever, and then, suddenly, everything changes and you melt into moving water. Then you struggle in the dark for decades filtering your way through the rocks to suddenly burst into the sunshine and ease of the fissure, where you can finally just flow downstream, your spirit renewed and joyous. I felt the joy in that water. and relished it. In the fissure, it's the clear water, not wildlife, that you are there for. The water is so frigid that it's home to only a few species of algae, nothing more. But I think there is a spirit that lives in that water, It supported me for a time that day, allowing me to share in the joy of the little water droplets just enjoying the flow. My exit from this experience was far from graceful. Once I reached the exit platform, the guide unceremoniously pushed the lever of my overly floaty feet down, resulting in my top half shooting up like a bobbing cork. So undignified. I looked up at my husband's goofy grin, and we laughed without talking, a couple connected and joyful. Together, we waddled the 10 minutes back to the parking lot, reversed the whole dry suit process, and chugged as much hot chocolate as they would give us. It was a truly restorative day on our retreat. The soul wound is still there, and the spiritual retreat worked its magic. Both are true. The last five years pushed my little water molecule to the surface of the glacier, but breast cancer was my melting. I am not the same I am no longer a glacier, and I'm not yet beautiful, crystal clear water flowing through a crack in the earth open to the sky. I'm the slow in-between, working my way through the holes in the earth where my progress may seem imperceptible. There is essence here that is still identifiable, but I am irrevocably shifted. Maybe I will get to the ease and flow in my lifetime. Maybe I won't. But a water drop in lava rocks doesn't know where it's headed or when it will get there either. There is something so soothing for me in that. For now, I will work my way through the rocks, becoming more clear and radiant as I go. Mm, I love that. that Everything about your story, uh, the imagery and just your... I don't know, your your sharing of it, of course, but just the way that you assimilated nature kind of into that moment really speaks to me. So thank you so much, Vicki, for that beautiful story. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Well, I can't wait to dig in and ask you some questions about it, but we're first gonna take a quick break here to hear from one of our fans. Hi, friends. There is now a wildfire book in the world. It is a big, beautiful compilation of my favorite essays from Wildfire magazine, spanning all the way back to our first ever issue in 2016, up to the summer of 2022. This book took years to create and is literally the resource I wish I had had when I was diagnosed with breast cancer. This book is called Igniting the Fire Within, and it's made up of 50 essays that really dig into the experience of having breast cancer in our 20s, 30s, and 40s. Every stage of breast cancer is represented from DCIS to stage four, from all sorts of walks of life from all around the world. Our writers go deep and get vulnerable to heal their own experiences and to let others like you know that you're not alone you will find yourself within these pages. Get Igniting the Fire Within, stories of healing, hope, and humor inside today's young breast cancer community on Amazon, in paperback, and for Kindle now. Curl up with it today. Hi, my name is Ashley Doyle. I live on the Sunshine Coast in BC, Canada, and I was initially diagnosed with stage 2B breast cancer at age 28 in 2012. Around my 34th birthday, it was officially confirmed stage 4 in July 2017, and I learned I carry an inherited PALB2 mutation. I recently attended a free wildfire pop-up writing workshop for the young metastatic community. The workshop was really supportive as it was shared in such a calm, safe space. We could all take a moment to write and read where we're at and feel what has been heavy for us, all held by a community of others who could relate and be there for each other. I'm so very grateful to attend the kind, supportive group created by Wildfire. All right. Thank you so much for that love, Ashley. A listener know that Ashley has passed away now, but her words just continue to live on in Wildfire and not only here in the testimonial, but in her stories that we have in the archives. So thank you again to Ashley and a special shout out to Ashley's family. All right, Vicki, turning back to you and the water spirit. Thank you again for that beautiful, beautiful story. And I wonder if we can just start with um, with travel writing. You know, was is travel writing something that you typically do? Are you in the habit of journaling and then writing about travels? Or was this kind of a new experience for you? Oh, that's such a good question. This was a brand new experience for me. I do not keep a journal and like highly resistant to it. Never written about travel before. Um, yeah, this was, this was brand new. It really kind of got my creative juices flowing. And it was a really interesting experience to get to write about this after the fact. I love it. So remind me how much time had passed between doing the trip and and writing about it. Yeah, uh, this was probably four months ago. I think we went okay. in April, um, April of this year. So a couple months had gone by. Yeah, not too long though, but enough time maybe that some of the lessons, experiences had kind of, you know, soaked in a little bit more. Yeah, it was enough time to kind of be able to reflect on it with a little bit more like sparkle to it that Mm -hmm. I could see how that had impacted not just me, but my husband as well. And how important, Mm -hmm. how important that had been for us to, to go and have that adventure together. Yeah. That was one of the questions I wanted to ask you was about, you know, couples and cancer, of course. Um, you had this line that i wrote down from your piece where you said i looked up at my husband's goofy grin and we laughed without talking a couple connected and joyful and it made me wonder if this was um maybe a first connection after after some disconnect through your cancer experience do you want to just talk a little more about what that was like going through yeah. that um for me i never felt disconnected from my husband during my cancer treatments, but the joyful piece has always been such a huge part of our relationship. Like we love to have fun together and go on adventures. And so it felt like we got it to be grounded back into this thing that makes us who we are as a couple by going on this trip together and doing these things that were, you know, different for both of us. And have fun with it. Um, So I think that was really special. The joyful piece was really special Mm -hmm. with that trip. Because that is something that's hard to hold on to. during cancer. It really is because... And I don't know if this was the case in your relationship. But in mine, my husband took on that primary caregiver role. And it became so much about that. He became this really protective force and, um, that doesn't leave a lot of room for joy and play when someone's constantly on guard trying to, you know, protect you. Was he your primary caregiver too? He definitely did all of the drain emptying after my mastectomy and all of those types of things. And he had to step up for our kids. I mean, he's a Right. Amazing dad and taking on that piece that I couldn't do during that time mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I hear what you're saying about kind of the role changing. And for us, it was important to kind of get back to, well, what, what was it that we love about each other? Um, yeah. In a fun, in a fun way. Yeah. And, I think, you know, that's one of the themes that I wanted to bring out in this issue was this and, and probably every wildfire issue, to be honest, but the difference between survival mode and actual living. And I love that you guys took a trip because it's hard to go on a trip as extraordinary as your trip sounds and stay in survival mode with, you know, without having yourselves just cracked open. Yeah. And I have goosebumps as you said that you're totally right. It is that trying to find the 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 fun and living again in a way that feels authentic and transitioning out of pure survival mode and to mm-hmm. get a taste of that at that point was i mean impactful yeah. Yeah? yeah needed yeah i know and if only we could bottle it right but yeah. r- you can't so you have to keep doing these things yeah, you have to that keep diving in <laughs> <laughs> right Well, there was another line in your story that I wanted to call out to um, and and hear a little more about from you. And it was this line that you said, um, kind of when you first dipped into the water and you're floating there, you said, I was just a body. And that really kind of stuck out at me because I think that that is a common sentence that may be uttered by people going through cancer treatment. You know, I'm not a whole person anymore. I'm just a body that I've turned over to my care team. But when you described it in this instant, it was, it was pleasure. It was, you know, release and letting go and the surrender can you just talk a little bit if, if there was a dichotomy there for you about what it was to be a body in a cancer treatment situation as opposed to a body in this beautiful water? Yeah. So for me, I felt like cancer treatment really um, separated my mind from my body and that I was no longer this integrated person. That, that I felt that as a fissure during cancer treatment. And the difference was that I was sunk into my body and experiencing this moment through all of my senses. Mm -hmm. And there was an integration of my mind and my body, which felt, yeah, super different. Like you couldn't get more polar opposite from how I felt previously. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, I like that. And I like what you just said, too, about that division between the brain and the body. I think for me, there was a long period of time following cancer treatment where I, I just felt so dissociated from my body. I really just felt like it was a means to move my brain around. And, you know, I didn't pay as much attention to it because I felt betrayed by it. Mm -hmm. And, um, It was my turn to have goosebumps when you were just describing, you know, experiencing this water and this experience through all of your senses and really not letting it only be a, um, I'm losing the word now, of course, but, you know, just in your brain, you know, as you're, I guess, analytically analyzing this situation versus, okay, you know, how does it feel on my skin and what does it smell like? And what is this floating? Yeah, exactly. So. That I felt the same as you. I felt that betrayal of my body with cancer. And so to have this period of time doing this, like, really cool thing where we were, I was one with my body again in a way where it was like positive and fun and I could just be in the experience. yeah, the I, the word that keeps coming back to me is like that integration, like my mind and body getting to be reintegrated together. Yeah. And I needed that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I 100%. still need that. Yes. Well, I wanted to ask you if you found other places, um, and it sounds like nature is important to you. But are there other places in your everyday where you do have that integration now? Um. So I have the tiniest little plot of flowers growing in my backyard and um, they're like my little babies I make my family come and like see how they're doing all the time and that for me is kind of feels similar that I'm not necessarily one with nature but like I'm out there I'm experiencing that through my eyes and through my senses and through my fingers and the dirt and feeling not that dissociation that you were talking about, That mm-hmm. I'm. that's a, a place where I can, in a smaller sense, grab onto mm-hmm. that integration and joyfulness. Yeah, absolutely. I love that idea of your fingers in the soil, you know, in that just being... Being more, um, I guess we're just going to say that the theme of this episode is integrated because I can't think of another word for like how, how to make yourself feel fully immersed, fully mixed into something that's happening right here, right now, than to put your hands in it or to put your body in it. Um, I did a retreat last summer with some of my writers um, from wildfire. And the very first thing that we did um, was take off our shoes and go walk on the beach. And for me, one of the fastest ways to arrive into a place on vacation or otherwise is to go barefoot and just to feel you know, the actual sand or the actual grass or whatever it is. And this, um, kind of coming from the bottom up to feel rooted and here and just more alive with it, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if there's a question in there. You're just like really bringing me back to that, um, need to connect to the soil. Yeah. So that that's interesting because that for me, that like idea of bottom up and being able to experience and connect in that way. There's um, a saying, I can't remember who says this, but like be where your feet are. Mm. Um, and so I feel that when I'm out in my garden, but like when I think about it, I felt that as well uh, in this experience that I wrote about. I love that. Be where your feet are. That's so, so true. So true. Well, I just have one more question for you or one more topic for us to dig into. And this is bringing this back to the writing style that you used in writing this piece. And that was a strong use of metaphor and I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about, you know, if this was a conscious choice or just as you were writing, you know, you were talking about these little water droplets taking, you know, a hundred years or, or more to move through and kind of putting yourself in the place of this water. Is this um, a way that you normally write or was this just kind of coming organically out for you in this story? I I think that. For me, like, finding a metaphor is a way that I understand the world and um, connect with the meaning of something. And so it was not a conscious choice. It was just more like, I don't know how else to say what I'm trying to say. (laughs) Like, this is the only way I know how to say what I'm trying to say. And once like that metaphor sort of filtered into my brain. I was like, Oh, that's what happened, you know? And yes, it was honestly like so relieving to have now I have for my own self, that mental picture of what happens to the water as it processes through and like I can connect with that. And, um, it feels really empowering to me to kind of be able to think of or or to have that visual of that happening and to be able to connect with it. Like it's, I don't know, I get a sense of calm and peace and it feels really good to sort of understand some of the things that have happened to me, um, in that way. Mm -hmm. So yes, not necessarily conscious, more just, uh, That is an insight into how my brain works, right? Your personal survival toolkit. And I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of using writing as a healing tool that you would go into metaphor because that is how a lot of us understand the world or seek to understand the world. I mean, everyone listening to this podcast heard me share how fire is a strong metaphor for me in terms of you know my cancer experience and you know what came next, what continues to come next in terms of regrowth. So I just really like that you. went into metaphor with this piece. I also think there, there can be a danger in using too much metaphor in, you know, too many barriers between actual vulnerability. And I think that you did such a good job in this piece of not only showing us what it looked like there, giving us this beautiful metaphor, but also telling us how it felt for you there and like really getting into the vulnerable too. So- just a really good mix of all those things. So thank you for that, Vicki. I really, I love your piece for a lot of reasons, but that's, that's a big one. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Well, we've come to the end of our time. So if people want to learn more about you or follow you, is that possible? And where can they find you? Yeah, I have a whole about six posts on Instagram at Breast Cancer Hangover. Um, so I'm kind of dabbling there. So if anybody's interested, that's where they can find me. Perfect. I love the the handle you chose, and we will definitely link to that in our show notes. Well, my guest today has been Vicky Pedigo, and you just heard her read a piece from our brand new travel issue called Water Spirit. You'll be able to find that in our archives. I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to The Burn. The Burn's a production of Wildfire Magazine, where we share breast cancer stories from young people like you've never read or heard before. We also strive to inspire you to write your story like you've never written it before. Stay to the end for a writing prompt inspired by today's episode. Our producer is Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant is Monica Haro. Want more on the life-changing transformation to be had from telling your breast cancer stories? Visit wildfirecommunity.org to find a copy of the issue shared in today's episode, to find our rich 40-plus issues in the Wildfire archives, and to take a writing workshop with me. There is no place on the planet like a wildfire writing workshop, and I want you to experience it for yourself. Discover how to write your way back to yourself, write your way to reclaiming your body and your story. And don't forget to subscribe to The Burn and listen to it wherever you go. If you like it, please take a second and leave us a five-star review. We would be forever grateful. All right, here is your writing prompt. I want you to set your timer for eight minutes, right without stopping or editing. Honestly, there is magic to keeping your hands moving. The prompt is your personal cancer metaphor. I want you to think about something in nature perhaps that really kind of speaks to you and your experience of cancer we talked today about glaciers we talked about fire maybe for you it's something to do with a forest or the ocean or something else so your cancer metaphor Write for eight minutes right without stopping see what needs to come out and where it will take you and if you find that you write best with a good prompt, head over to wildfirecommunity.org free for all sorts of prompts that I have waiting for you there. All right, take good care. See you next time.